Welcome to Premier Health Now On Air, where today we have timely health tips you'll want to know for spring. And they're straight from the source. We're glad you're along. I'm your moderator, Leslie Lane. With me today is Dr. Mark Williams, a primary care physician with Beaver Creek Family Medicine. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Leslie. It's great to be here today. So spring is in the air. Thank goodness. Everything's waking up. There's more daylight. The plants are starting to bud. The bugs are coming out of hibernation. Mm -hmm. Good times. Yes. So so today, we're talking about how the change to daylight savings time affects us, about allergies here in the heart of allergy country, and how spring cleaning maybe can help. So as we turn our clocks ahead an hour and spring forward to enjoy that extra evening light, let's take a moment to thank Benjamin Franklin. Daylight savings time was his idea. Originally to help Parisians save money on candles, well, now we're using LEDs, but the idea stuck. Well, you wouldn't think, though, that losing an hour would have much effect, Dr. Williams, does it? Our clocks are very tied to how much we sleep and and are also affected by daylight. So it can have a pretty significant effect on a number of people. Probably some tips to just get through it would be just good sleep hygiene habits. So one of the most important things is for you to be able to go to bed and get up at the same time every day. So the idea of, hey, I'm going to sleep in on the weekend and catch up on my rest really actually may be detrimental for you. Your body likes things to be the way they are all the time, what we call homeostasis. So just getting in bed at the same time every night, getting up at the same time every morning and trying to get at least seven to eight hours of sleep a night has really been shown to be the best thing. So daylight savings times is a bit of a challenge, uh, as it is for all of us. My recommendation would be that you just continue to follow your good sleep hygiene habits. It might take a day or two for you to sort of get back into the rhythm, but it will pass. Your body will adjust to that. What kind of effects do you see from daylight savings time disruption? Well, sleep deprivation of any kind or any change in your sleep cycle can affect your mood. It can affect uh, how you perform at work or how you perform with your family. It can affect how you think. Uh, So it can have sometimes fairly profound effects on people. How you drive is very important. You know, how much sleep you get is important to your performance, how you drive and perform other physical tasks. So it's not something to be taken lightly. Sleep is very, very important to our recovery every day. We turn our clocks back usually when we go to bed on a Saturday night or back or forward now. It's forward this time. How long would we expect these effects to last? So we've got Sunday to get over it. Is that good enough or is Monday still going to be a hard day? I think it varies with people. Most people are probably going to feel it for a day or two and then get back into the normal rhythm. I wouldn't expect a profound effect for like a week or anything. What's going on in the body that disrupts us so? Well, your brain is very sensitive to light. So there's a part of your brain that is sensing the light that's coming through your eyes and setting up your circadian rhythm. It's like your brain's internal clock. And so when there's a disruption in that pattern, it has to reorganize itself uh, in order to get used to the new pattern. So it's really the light that's the effect, Um, similar to why people get seasonal affective disorder. Some people do. Seasonal affective disorder is a disorder where people can get depressed, usually in the winter, and we think that has a lot to do with the light perception. So as the daylight gets shorter, your brain is very sensitive to that, and some people it can have profound effects on their mood. That's also why light therapy works for seasonal affective disorder. So light is important. So the best recommendation is keep to your sleep pattern. It'll be fine. Yes, that's that's what I would say. I think that's probably the, the easiest thing to do. Okay. Yes. Well, close on the heels of daylight savings time, 
is allergy season. Yes. And the Asthma and Allergy Foundation ranks our region as the most challenging area in the Midwest, spring or fall. Dayton itself consistently ranks in or near the top 10 American cities for seasonal allergies. Any idea what's going on here? I think there's probably a number of factors. One is there's lots of things that are blooming all the time. Uh, and they bloom in multiple, you know, like one right after the other. Uh, you got flowers and you got pine trees and you got trees and you got grasses. You know, so really things are blooming and, and producing pollen through midsummer. The other is uh, the river. So it's a fairly wet around here generally, which lends itself to increased mold production. Uh, and that's also spring and fall allergies. And some people believe it's a weather pattern here. So, you know, we, we talk about Sinus Valley in Dayton, Ohio, and there's probably some truth to that, and that Dayton pretty much sits in a bowl, and so weather patterns can affect, um, you know, wind patterns, et cetera, can affect how pollen is distributed around and whether it gets blown out or not. So you know if you have allergies, you know, because there's the itchy eyes and the runny nose and the scratchy throat, maybe even hives. So help us. Is there anything we can do knowing that that's coming well, I'm an allergy sufferer myself and have been a lifelong allergy sufferer, so uh, this is a big topic for me personally. My recommendation is if you're going to use an allergy product like over-the-counter, I would start early before you start having symptoms. So what I recommend to my patients, if it's spring allergies, I ask them to start the medication usually about April the 1st. If it's fall allergies, I usually ask them to start on August the 1st. So fall is usually ragweed. Spring is all the flower pollens and tree pollens. What you want to do is you want to take your medicine to sort of tamp down your immune system because the immune system is the problem. That's what causes your allergy symptomatology. My go-to is a nasal steroids, multiple over-the-counter products of nasal steroids. The reason I like them is they're safe. They're easy to administer. They're once a day, and there's no systemic effects. So they don't give you the fatigue and tiredness that sometimes antihistamines can give you. And what do they do? So nasal steroids, they stabilize the membranes of some of the immune cells that cause the release of chemicals in your body that cause the symptomatology. And so getting ahead of that is really important. Using a nasal steroid will usually take a week or so to get the full effect. So if you start before your symptoms, you're much more likely to be able to head them off when things start blooming. So that's my recommendation. Your go-to is nasal steroids. Anything Correct. else? Um, certainly over-the-counter antihistamines, um, the non-sedating ones like Claritin, uh, Loratadine is a generic name, Allegra, Zyrtec are also good. Um, they are pills, and so there's a potential for systemic effects. Especially Zyrtec can make you a little sleepy as opposed to the Claritin and Allegra. I like Zyrtec if you really have severe symptoms, especially itching, because it does a great job with itching. But for nasal symptoms, and actually eye symptoms as well, again, I prefer nasal steroids. So what if allergy season starts early and catches me off guard? Then what do I do about all those nasty symptoms? Just start onto your medicine as quickly as you can. The other thing, if you're really sensitive to outdoor allergies, is as much as we all like to open our windows in the spring and let all the sunshine and fresh air in, that's also sucking in all of those allergens. So keeping your windows closed... Some people use HEPA filters in their house. Some people even run their air conditioners, even when they don't have to, to cool down their house, but just to filter the incoming air to your home to try to keep those allergens where they belong, which is outside. 
Does it ever make sense to consider getting tested when it's seasonal allergies? It can. I think if my recommendation for my patients is if we cannot control your symptoms using what we talked about, the nasal steroids or antihistamines, it might make sense to be tested. Allergies are a scale of severity. Some people have minor symptoms, some people have really significant symptoms, and some people have symptoms despite our best efforts to treat them. And some people don't want to take pills or any kind of medicine. So in those cases, I think it makes sense to do that. Be tested. It'll help you avoid the known allergens, as well as you might want to consider doing immunotherapy with an allergist to try to decrease your sensitization to your allergens. You talked about shutting the windows. I wonder if I'm unwittingly bringing in stuff with me or my pets because we're outdoors where I have seen my car covered in yellow pollen. And I come in the house and there it is all over me and I'm just spreading it around. No, I think you're right. I mean, there's no doubt if you're outside, we've all seen the cars covered with yellow pollen. And if your pets are outside there carrying it around with them when they come in and, you know, the big dog comes in and shakes in the kitchen, when you let him in, he's flinging pollen all over the place. question is, is there anything we could do about that? I'm not aware of any science uh, that would point to a solution, but it would make sense that frequently vacuuming your house, making sure that the filters of your vacuum cleaner are cleaned on a regular basis, if you have a bag in your vacuum, make sure you're just getting rid of that every time that you use your vacuum. You know, if some people vacuum their pets, I'm not sure about that. My dog seems to like, you know, being vacuumed, so uh, maybe that would work as well. Certainly showering, trying to keep the pollen off you makes perfectly good sense. Well, dust and mold are also allergy sources that know no season. Correct. And the other fun thing about spring is spring cleaning. So if we're going to do a thorough spring cleaning, do you have any tips for getting after those kind of culprits? I think um, removing clutter uh, from your house, certainly items that are sitting around for a long period of time, they're gathering dust. I know when I go home and look at my desk, I'm thinking there's a lot of dust on my desk because I let things sit there and gather dust. And certainly that's going to trap some of those allergens, especially as it relates to dust mites. So removing clutter is a good idea. Again, vacuuming on a regular basis and making sure that the vacuum cleaner filters are cleaned on a regular basis. Because, yes, they'll trap all those allergens, but if you don't clean the filters, they're just going to be blowing the air right back around your house again. If you have a particular sensitivity for dust mites, there are products that you can get to try to help with that, like keeping your pillows in a dust mite-protected cover, making sure you're changing your bedding regularly because dust mites love to hang out in your bed. Other tips would be wiping down surfaces, uh, not only to remove the dust and allergens, but also just to thorough cleaning in regards to bacteria and viruses. So I think, you know, just cleaning on a regular basis makes perfectly good sense. So one last question about spring cleaning. If you could hire somebody to take on your least favorite spring cleaning chore, and we're talking windows, kitchen, bathrooms, mopping, dusting, what would that be? Uh, Probably gutter cleaning and windows. People, I think, underestimate the danger of being on a ladder for cleaning out your gutters or cleaning high windows. It would be uh, a lot cheaper to hire somebody to do that who has the proper equipment than it would be to get up there on a ladder and then fall off and break a leg or a pelvis or get a head injury. So that's my go-to. I don't do gutters and don't do windows. Well, you are with the majority of people in the American Cleaning Institute study who all said, windows, forget it, I'm going to hire somebody. Yes. 
We are a few weeks away from the official beginning of spring, but we hope this conversation has given you a head start to enjoy all that comes with a new season and warmer weather. We thank our guest today, Dr. Mark Williams, primary care physician with Beaver Creek Family Medicine. If you want to know more, visit premierhealth.com slash health now. We'll be back. We hope you will. I'm Leslie Lane. Thanks for joining us and watch for our next edition of Premier Health Now on air.